This is the Bar Brothers Podcast, and this is a weekly podcast where I, Nicholas, compete against my brother, Michael, in an hour to see who can eat the most hot dogs in one bite. <laughs> uh, Strap yourself in for this beautiful, delicious auditory adventure. Yes. I should start if you'd like yeah. if you choose okay if we don't want to be here at nine o'clock so, all right so i was i was uh going over some stuff and i was thinking to myself how much do you know about the uh, exxon valdez crash oil spill uh just the more common stuff that i think people people know i i really didn't dig deep into yeah the entire story yeah yeah, it's kind of the shit that you hear on the news. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll I'll, I'll kind of spin around it a little bit. Spin it up. So the Exxon Valdez was the name of the tanker that was carrying oil from Alaska to uh, Long Beach to get refined. Okay. Um, and it, the the crash itself happened in March twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine, um, and it was in a place called Prince William Sound which was like a huge fishing community mm-hmm. it was around that sound but then they were also they were pumping like fucking tons of crude oil and it was obviously a huge there was just tankers in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out and everybody that was a fisherman there because obviously that's like all there is to do there was mm-hmm. super worried about it because one oil spill and they knew that they were fucked yeah because you know fish mm-hmm. wildlife don't like oil so much as we do well, it also shuts off any type of fishing too, because you're not you're gonna have all the people in there trying to clean it up and all that. So it's gonna shut all down, so you won't be able to do anything anyway. Yeah, but it's it, yeah, and it ends up being I mean, it's so much so much oh, yeah. more than that. Yeah, Don just all over the place getting rid of <laughs> right, <laughs> cleaning out those old duckies. Yeah, fun fact: most of those duckies all die. Yeah, they do. And it's, yeah. that's more or less like hey, good on Don, but they a lot of them die. Yeah. Um, Cancer. So. Basically, it, it it's kind of interesting. The the night before this, mm-hmm. uh, there was this chick who was a fisherman in this Alaskan town, and she was in. I believe it, the it's pronounced fish woman, fisher 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 person. She fisher, was a fisher person. Yes. Um, and her name was Ricky, and she was a fisherman that was pretty worried about the possibility of an oil spill so she actually lived up on a mountain in alaska and so when she needed to go into town she would go on a toboggan apparently <laughs> and just toboggan to Dude, the town that'd be the greatest way to go to work fun fact never figured out how she got back up to her cabin she gotta have a buddy yeah be like hey man or like a toboggan retrieval system that she, she could get She's pulled up on i don't know <laughs> I don't know, but if that's not already That'd a thing. Be, oh, my God. Imagine that. sitting there pulling <laughs> a rope, a three-mile rope. Dude, yeah, like, at like <laughs> piss drunk at like 2 a.m. Be like, it's okay. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. My hands hurt. <laughs> yeah. 
so much. <laughs> and then you like pass out and just fucking let go of the rope and slide all the way back down. Wake up two hours later, go back to work. So she, <laughs> she actually was going to this, the, going to like the un, the fisherman's union hall. Okay. And was voicing her, her opposition of all these tankers coming through and all that. And she, so she went, she tobogganed down and she called into the, place where all this oil was actually getting pumped which was in valdez okay um and they like it was this like kind of town hall meeting thing with a bunch of executives where she was voicing her opinion and it basically was like oh no everything's gonna be fine don't worry about it you know we've got all these huge things put into place so that if there's ever a spill there's gonna be like a quick uh uh quick response to it and mm-hmm. then we've got everything all cleaned up we have all these skimmer nets and this and that and this and that and this and that and she's like okay i mean they, so basically they just blew her off Mm -hmm. so later that night Mm -hmm. at uh because about 1 a.m uh the exxon valdez is moving uh actually it's 12 a.m uh the captain of the ship hands over the navigation to his third mate who has never navigated a ship that big before well, and goes and he's like, "All right, I'm going back to my cabin. I'm tired. Um, just turn her like ten degrees or fifteen degrees to the right." Mm-hmm. And you mean port starboard? <laughs> my right, your left. <laughs> okay. Um, and and that'll keep us in their shipping lane, and we'll we'll be all good. So this dude, um, gets get gets a hold makes the makes the you know the turn or the the calculation for the turn captain goes back to his his place uh he's hanging out having a good time apparently he's looking on the radar and it's not showing that they're turning at all mm-hmm. so, and they're headed straight for a oh, reef cool and so he's like okay shit okay not you know not not f- 10 degrees let's fucking turn it 20 degrees nothing happens and they just end up plowing straight into this reef oh god all right cool 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 yeah um, so come to find out the captain drunk. Ah, yeah. Bit of a boozer. Hey, who, what captain isn't? I know. Okay. Come on. Come on. He's an old timey sailing man. Uh, he probably had a mustache. <laughs> so, and the, uh, so he made a, the captain gets on, gets on the horn mm-hmm. and, uh, makes a call and it goes, uh, like this. His name's uh, Joe Hazelwood. Okay. He goes, yeah, Valdez traffic. Exxon Valdez over. Yeah, it's uh Valdez. Uh we uh, we should be on your radar there. We fetched up uh hard ground north of uh Good Island off of Bly Reef and uh, evidently uh leaking some oil and uh we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> oh god. And uh if you want uh so you're notified. Over. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh shit. So that happened. Oh, and then so great. When when they started pumping oil and moving oil, mm-hmm. there was this huge attack plan that if any spill happened, they had these nine people that were trained to literally all they were trained to do was clean up oil. Okay. They had all the equipment, they had all the boats, they had everything. They, it was like this quick response oil team. Mm-hmm. And they were implemented, they were sitting on standby, all ready to go, no problems. Uh, the issue is that due to Exxon's budget cuts, those fuckers were sent home like months oh, before this no. happened. That's awesome. So 
uh, the Coast Guard gets this notification, and so they, they it takes them like like an hour to get out there, and they come out and they're just all they see it's pitch black middle of the night, and there's just this big ass tanker mm-hmm. sitting on a reef, and nobody around, nobody doing anything, and just oil just just leaking and leaking and leaking and leaking and into the into the sound. Oh God. Cool. And so they're there and they're like trying to get they're they're helping people and they're getting everybody like off the ship and shit for like the next three hours. And like this and like the one Coast Guard boat, the captain of it is like, Where the fuck is everybody? Yeah. Like this is big. Where there's nobody here. We're like the only ones here sitting in like through the middle of the ocean and nobody's coming. There's no helicopters, nobody's coming in for help, no nothing. And so come to find out they they start this they there's like this secondary company that Exxon has hired to do the clean like to to do this type of work mm-hmm. um and so they get all kind of scrambled they get everybody there's like a whole crew of like 30 or 40 people that shows up to the yard where they're supposed to keep all the skimming equipment and all the stuff to clean up oil spills mm-hmm. and they can't find it in the warehouse can't they don't know where any of this equipment is they go outside it's buried in like six feet of snow okay just been sitting out getting snowed on for the past like months all right all right so they dig everything out and they're like okay we got to load this all into a boat and they realize there's only one dude there that knows how to operate a forklift so to give you a little little (laughs) rundown they got to take all the stuff they got to forklift it to the dock and then they need a crane to put it on a ship so they could take the ship and and start getting on and skimming all the stuff Fun fact, the guy that operated the forklift was the only one that could operate a crane. No fucking way. <laughs> so they had to, so this one dude <laughs> Shit. all night long was picking up a load with the forklift, bringing it down, dropping it down. Getting fucking, off the forklift. Getting off the forklift, going all the way up into the crane, picking up the crane, picking up the cargo, putting it on the boat, going all the way back down, getting in the forklift, driving over, picking up. Sounds yeah. like a very fluid process. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm sure it was it was done with And then what do you think all these other like 30 shit bags are sitting around? Like, like, cool, man. Hey, 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 do you uh you need any help with that? Oh, no, I can't do it. Okay, no no worries. I'll, I'll be here. I'll be here. Cool. Larry, you want to hurry the fuck up? Yeah. So that's so that's happening all throughout the night. Cool, all cool, right. cool. All right. Sweet. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's an awful thing. So, like, the next day, <laughs> it just keeps, it, all the, while, while this thing's just spilling and spilling, it, it, I think it, it was a 53 million gallon tanker. Yeah. Um, and it spilled, it ended up spilling 10.8 million gallons um, of crude over the next couple of days. God. And they really, like, they were not set up at all. So, even when they got all this stuff and all the equipment down, uh-huh. It ended up like they were they, because it took so long and it was so cold. the The water mixes up with the oil and it creates like this mousse that their ships that are like supposed to skim mousse, this huh? stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. like this chocolate chocolate mousse. Chocolate mousse. See, it sounds sexy. very delicious. I'm sure. Uh, like it would it would choke up the pumps and so the pumps couldn't pick up the oil they were designed to pick up. Oh shit! So it all like all the fishermen from the community mm-hmm. ended up bringing out like tens of thousands of five gallon buckets and drove out and were fucking just skimming mm-hmm. oil off in the five gallon buckets they usually were using for like hair uh for like row for yeah uh fish eggs yeah 
and just sitting there skimming and skimming and skimming for like <sighs> like 15 hours a day man just trying to get this oil out of their the only thing that you know they they make their livelihood on yeah and so you know fast forward it takes them like the the whole cleanup they're going like okay no 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 worries it's not that big of a deal uh it is uh you know it is spilling and everything but we have this th- <laughs> this stuff called uh dispersives mm. and so we're just going to spray dispersives on it and we go with an aircraft and we go and, and we spray dispersive and it just makes the oil disappear all just disappears does that sound good sounds great yeah, sounds like it could definitely work, and there's absolutely all the science behind it. That's obviously just too is it, is it similar to the the technology behind vaporizing? It is. It okay. is more or less. So what a dispersive is? It's basically like kerosene. Okay. And so they throw a bunch of kerosene on this oil, and it it causes it to break up into little tiny particles that just sink to the bottom of the ocean and continue oh. to leach. Oh yeah, oil into the into so the that's ocean. where the poo goes. So it just it just hides it. Doesn't really get rid of it. It just hides it. Oh, so Exxon this whole time and oh and who makes the dispersive? Exxon Mobil does, baby. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. So uh, they came out in the in the press and were like, no big deal. We're gonna spray dispersive all over it. It's not gonna be. We're gonna clean this up. We're gonna get everybody taken care of. It's not a big deal at all. No worries. Meanwhile, all the fishermen are still busting their ass trying to clean everything up. Yeah, and so. You know, there's like the the like the head of the union of the fishermen is like this crusty old dude that you know hard charging Alaskan fisherman mm-hmm. that lost his leg. He got hit by a bullet in while in the middle of nowhere in Alaska and couldn't get to the hospital for like 35 hours. So he got blood poison and they had to amputate his leg. And so like when he was parking his boat, he'd take off his leg and throw it on the other side of the, the boat uh-huh. when he pulls in. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> like a b- bumper when they pull in. Yeah. And so he was... Oh, that's awesome. Like, he was kind of in charge, and so was, like, this Ricky. And mm-hmm. the funny thing about Ricky, she was uh, a PhD before she was a fisherman, and her PhD was in, uh, like... Uh, Organophosphate. Uh, no, yeah, no, it was. <laughs> it was, like, it was, it was po- like, pol- like, oil pollution was, like, her... Uh-huh. What she like her PhD was in so specializing she, in oil, but it was like envir- like environmental pollution specializing in oil. Okay, she knew her stuff pretty good, and so Exxon Mobil was going in front of the news, being like, "Oh no, nope, nope, we are all good, everything." And she's sitting there like, "Absolutely fucking not. That's not how dispersers work. This is gonna kill our entire community." Yeah, I'm a fisherman here. I you know everybody I know are fishermen here. Like you are, you are guys are lying to everybody, and so they fought really hard to kind of get the get the word out and get get actual some truth put into the news. Mm. But Exxon has, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars. So they just flew like this whole entire crew in. Yeah. It was all about PR and lawyers and this and that. The guy with the one leg has a story of him flying in to one of the islands that was soaked up with all this oil like all across the the, the shoreline. Mm. And it's just dude, this is animals dying and crying and like oh, walking Jesus. through and then like just literally like just dead seals and crying yeah. seals and the oil soaks into their fur. And so it completely removes all of the insulating properties. Uh-huh. And so they just either freeze to death. Oh God. Yeah. They can't <clears throat> see like that. Dude, like it's dude is, is, is it's hard, man. Like seals that were, their eyes were burning so much from the fumes that they were scratching, scratching out their eyes and like just oh, awful shit. I just imagine watching this and then Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. Right. 
Oh, oh my God. Watching scr- seals scratch out their eyes. <laughs> uh, there are very few things that are as horrible as that. Yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine like being a fisherman in Alaska, like in the most mint condition yeah. place and just seeing all this shit soak up and all these birds and animals yeah. just sitting there dying and being like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. It's a pretty dick move. So they pull in the dude in, in the suit and he goes and goes, oh, you know, he has this whole town hall meeting. He's like, you know what? We've got basically a, a blank check and we'll make sure that everybody in this community is completely taken care of. If your business goes, if you got a business, we'll pay for it. If your motel, you know, no one's staying there, we'll pay for it. This and that. Like we are going to take care of everybody, blah, 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 blah. So this is where it really gets pretty shitty. So obviously, Wait, so mm-hmm. so all the di- the dying wildlife isn't shitty enough. No, no. I oh, mean, it's worse. It gets it, it gets better. It gets. I mean, environmentally, actually, yeah. Environment. It gets worse in every way. Okay. Absolutely, cool. every single cool. way. All right. All right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go down this with you. Yeah. yeah so let's do this. it is, dude. It's it's so bad. So they obviously get together and they they sue, they sue the uh, I think the they sue the state and they sue. Exxon, um, they Exxon ends up like it. It is a huge, huge lawsuit. They literally have like there's like one building in in where they're at that, that the lawsuit's going on, and they like Exxon has the top three floors of it, and mm-hmm. it's full of like literally hundreds of lawyers, and they're all working like they have so much money that they're throwing behind the yeah. case. Um, so. In the actual, like, fast forward for, for quite some time, the jury, so, and it's kind of, it's fucked up, dude, like, the, the judge that they have that's right. actually officiating the case is part of, like, what they call the petroleum club that he's, like, like this dude that gets paid off by the fucking oil companies. Oh, my and like, God. Every, like, everything is, is going against them. The jury awards $287 million for damages. If you think about it, there's... Dude, hundreds and hundreds of fishermen, hundreds of boats, yeah. hundreds of businesses that went under. They award $287 million for actual damages because they they made this worksheet, workbook that was like 30 pages, and it was the calculation on how to actually calculate damages that the people in the, of this town actually saw. And it was up to that point, so it didn't come into any any type of environmental, yeah. you know, ten, twenty, thirty years in the future. Nothing. It was like how to actually calculate it. They were going for like ten billion dollars. Like they yeah. they shot for the moon on that. It got awarded two hundred eighty seven million. That's like a swift kick to the nuts. Yeah, but they didn't go over punitive yet. So you got two hundred eighty seven mm-hmm. in, in actual damages, and the next is punitive. Mm-hmm. So on this case, so the guy Hazelwood that was the captain, he had like four or five citations for an intoxication. He had been put on leave multiple times for, to go to rehab centers. Um, the radar hadn't been working on, on that boat for like a year. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> the, the guy that he gave the helm to had no idea. He'd never steered a boat like that before. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they didn't, they did not have anybody on, on call to clean it up. Like everything was against them. Yeah. In, in, so they did prove negligence. They got that at least. Um, they were awarded five billion in punitive damages. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is, I mean, hey, five billion dollars. That's pretty legitimate. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I see something. Do you? Yeah. Do you see it? Is it, is it not good? It's not good. Huh. Well, not good. Well, probably good for ExxonMobil, but not, uh, huh. Okay. Yeah. Not good for the poor people of Alaska. Oh, no. But, but, but they have $5 billion. They're going to have $5 billion to spend to clean up their community. I have a feeling that they don't have $5 billion. Like you say, you say that mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna happen. It's okay. coming. Yeah, but I have a feeling that it doesn't actually. Well, I mean, it checks in the mail. That's kind of how it works. I mean, exchange boom, hands. You win it, and uh-huh. money's yours. Is that not how it works? Uh, no. Okay, that's unfortunate. Um, so you're kind of right. Okay, kind of right. Kinda so this was it. Spill happened in 1989. Okay. Okay. Um. Exxon obviously appealed to judgment. Well, it's, it's not Exxon Mobil, right? It's, just, it's, it's Exxon. Still, yeah, it's, it's Exxon, Exxon at this point. Okay. Uh, so they they appealed the ruling. Yeah. And uh, so, again, I'm going to reiterate. 1989 was when yeah. the Valdez crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, and they, they were trying to reduce the punitive damages. So <clears throat> on uh, December 6, 2002... Uh-huh. Uh, they reduced the damages to uh, $4 billion. Okay. So that's, did you get that? So 1989 mm-hmm. to, to 2002. Okay. They reduced the damages so by and, and 1 what billion. And what you're saying is that mm-hmm. there has been no exchange because it's been in appeals. Mm-hmm. There has been no money given. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's a, that's a big dick in the ass for a good amount of time. Oh, you mean while you, you, literally can't fish no. the only uh body water that you have to fish to pay off your boat and to pay your creditors and to feed your family it, yeah you're saying that you need money you need to be able to fish that to get money to pay i, think, that? Th- I think that's how that works okay i, I mean i'm not it's, an economist it's life professionally I'm not a professional economist but i i don't quite i practice right i pra- mainly practice bird law and mainly bird law <laughs> <laughs> can you see my hands on this podcast <laughs> so small <laughs> All right. Um, Sorry. So, okay, yeah, no. So they reduced it to $4 billion, all right, which still, hey, $4 billion, a little bit too late, not a big deal. It's, a, it's right? like a lot of bit too late. Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit too late. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, 9-11 happened before that. I mean, literally 1989. Yeah. A couple more appeals, though, because apparently you can just keep doing that. Uh, so Mike, it uh, is your fucking right. It is, yeah, yeah. To yeah. appeal, if right. you got enough money, absolutely, hundred percent, you yeah. can do whatever you want. It's true. So, uh, fast forward another four years. Cool. Well, it was two thousand six, two thousand two. Yeah. So now we're in December two thousand six. Okay. And the damages they cut down to two point five billion dollars. <sighs> my question is, uh-huh. I know it's not in, in the bees, mm-hmm. but how much money did they spend on appeals? Oh. Legal fees between 1989 and 2002. Would you say, would it, do you think it would be $5 billion? I mean, if you're talking, dude, you're talking about 300 staff working. I mean, they were working for months on this case. Yeah. If not years, and then years after. I mean, to do appeals, like, you don't Imagine need, that you don't need a team lawyer. of lawyers just for that. Soaking up that cash. Dude, oh, dude, they're, they're, <laughs> that's, that's they're corporate lawyers. A... They're, they're, they're Exxon lawyers. I yeah. mean, they're, they're not making any more or less money. I don't. I mean, they're they're getting paid to be pieces of shit, no matter what. I mean, you're you're an you're an Exxon lawyer. You're not doing the Lord's work, man. That's true. You know. Yeah, you are a fucking scumbag. You are pro boning, not pro bono. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Um, you should uh, hashtag pro 
pro boning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, if that wasn't bad enough, it can, it's yeah. still in the in appeals court. Okay, we're in two thousand seven. Uh, okay, um, the Supreme Court gets a hold of it. Yeah. All right. Did they dick slap them or what? Oh, did they? And by they, I mean the fishermen. Oh, yeah. Man. So I, I had a feeling it was coming. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Justice Samuel Alito at the time owned uh, between a hundred and quarter million dollars worth of Exxon stock. Oh, what the fuck! Yeah, so he had, he did recuse himself, luckily, from that case, uh, which is great. Really yeah. nice move. Yeah, but usually they they say, "Hey, I'm going to recuse myself, mm-hmm. but you got my back, buddy." Oh, cool, cool, cool. Same team, right? Yeah, same, same team. team. So I mean it's it's not that bad. Okay, so was it they're at two point five billion, all right. Yeah. Uh the Supreme Court found the damages were a little excessive. Okay. Uh and their actions, Exxon's actions were deemed worse than negligent, but less than malicious. So they reduced those punitive damages down to five hundred and seven point five million dollars. What a bunch of motherfucking yeah. scumbags. Yeah. Wow. Happened in 89. This is in 2008. Lowered it to $507 million, our Supreme Court. Hold on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was, what did you say, 2009? 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what, just shy of 20 years? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Exxon's, fun fact, Exxon's official position was that, that, that punitive damages greater than $25 million weren't justified because they spent an estimated two billion cleaning up and one billion to settle uh, related civil and criminal charges. So they didn't think that they needed to spend any more than twenty five million. Yeah, that is just absolute dog shit. Mm-hmm. So the the when you really like did the math on it, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember what it was exactly, but. But in those in that those like nineteen years between it, all of the people suing mm-hmm. got five hundred dollars a month for those nineteen years, and that was their payment for that lawsuit. So during that time, there was no fishing at all. Uh, in the first two, in the first year, all the fish were dead. They 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 killed. It was hundreds of thousands of animals were and fish and everything were 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 dead. The next round that were fish that were spawned during that oil mm-hmm. uh spill were like developmentally challenged they were small they were lethargic where like fish you couldn't sell yeah um that nobody would buy mm-hmm. and so that town like the town still to this day has never recovered domestic abuse drinking uh, uh divorces literally everything shot up immediately after that all these people went out of business all yeah. this and they dude five hundred fucking million dollars punitive damages. That's insane. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, that five hundred million dollars was something like the profit of three days operation for Exxon Mobil. <laughs> Two days, something like that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's just ridiculous. So when you know when people are like, oh no, I don't want pipelines. I don't want this. I you I I kind of get it. 
Yeah. Because it's like, oh, no, we have every safety, you know, everything in, in 100%. Everything, if, if there's any spill, like, bullshit, dude. No. They're, they're, because they know. If there's a spill, what does it cost to clean up? Kidding me? Two days? Two days profit is what is what it takes yeah. to pay off everybody? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There's no reason for them to hire all these people and keep them on staff and train them and buy the equipment. Do that. Do that in the back end. Do it and fix it in post. Yeah. Sue me. You know, it'll be another, it'll be another 30 years before you see any money. Yeah. It's such a dirty, just. Yeah. Yeah. Oil companies, man. A hundred percent. God bless them. Shitheads. Yeah. What also goes to, it goes to show you what type of control they have, uh, Oh, dude. In our judicial Fuck yeah. system. The oil lobby. Can you imagine how much money that, has been pumped that, into that hand is very dude's pockets. Oh, yeah. For generations. Yeah. That's insane. Well, and, well it's, it just it shows you that how, like, how fucked up and skewed our legal system is. Where it really, it can give something that's so obvious. Yeah. Right. It is so blatantly wrong that you can give that kind of shit a chance and keep things in court for that long and keep fighting to the point where they just start reducing and reducing yeah. and reducing and something like somebody coming and be like yo no yeah well that's no. the thing yeah justice like There's, swift there was, justice there is no swift justice it's unfortunate yeah no like literally like take a right-minded person mm-hmm. like you don't need to be a fucking lawyer and educate in all these laws and spend time working at this this court and this court and then be elected to this and this. It can take any average person who could see this mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, no, 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 no. Fuck you guys. Fix it. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, seriously, like it doesn't take a fucking but how brain many, surgeon. How many times in, in 19 years can you just be like, okay, come on. Can we get, yeah. Can we get something like what, how on earth is no, this? No, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta appeal it. It's like, no, no, well, yeah. And then okay. when can somebody say no? Fuck that. Well, that's no. When it went from five billion to four billion to two billion, it's like at what point you're just like, okay, just gonna just gonna ride this fucker to the bottom, huh? Okay. Don't worry, I'll wait. Well, that that is a very legal way to do things is keep keep doing stuff until it's finally they're like, all right, cool. No, we're just what you know what you want a community service, cool. Just do community service. I know you killed somebody, but like, I'm I'm tired of spending the money in court. So community service, here you go, man. That's, what, that's 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 the story that on multiple levels mm-hmm. like makes you feel really shitty about how things are done. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, believe me, man. In recent like in during the research I like I was just like wow, this this is absolutely awful. Yeah. No, really. And it's it's such and it's when you hear about it all you hear about is like oh, it's a huge environmental disaster. But it's a dude, it's a just a travesty it's a yeah. complete travesty of justice there's still pockets of oil all over this fucking place there's still the fishing has not come back yeah there's it probably won't dude pods of of like uh of whales that were in the area completely mm-hmm. all they all died so like they, they killed an entire like species almost of these whales that were in this area for forever yeah i mean dude like seriously there's still there's still species, whole species of fish that aren't there anymore that used to be a fish prior to 1989. Yeah. And they're still just like, oh, no, no, no. They're back to, oh, they're back to fishing. Like, yeah, they're back to fishing what they fucking can, what's yeah. left. But it's not, they're fishing, yes. 
but it's just how this the spin on it still to this day is just like oh hey huge cleanup but you know what they spend all these people they're pressure washing stuff there's dawn like it's looked at like everything's it cool. was a disaster but it was fixed yeah and it's like dude it's so goddamn not fixed no in so many ways to everybody both on like economically and just like taking them to task as a company dude they're really you give two days up worth of profits yeah that's what you did you fucked this entire community up like 1500 miles of coastline was was splattered in oil people's <laughs> livelihoods dude people's yeah. marriages people's whole entire lives ruined and and they're like oh no no yeah dude fuck we can tie that up for like 20 years fuck yeah. it hopefully hopefully most of them are dead by the time we actually pay off that's a good point you know it's like i don't know i don't know but, either. but yeah but yeah so that's that's the end of my story i'm i'm uh, i'm not gonna go on a tirade again again yeah there was something. There was something very pronounced and very enlightened that I was about to say, but you uh, you cut me off. Sorry, that's technical difficulties. Oh, they're talking about PR about how they're actually helping shit when they really weren't helping. Mm-hmm. But like, how much better for them would it have been if they had actually fixed everything mm-hmm. and spend it saying like, "Hey, we actually fixed things. Here's this. Like, how much harder would that have been for them?" to do that instead of spending all this time and money in fucking court instead of being like, Hey, we will do whatever we need to do to get this done. Yeah. It would have saved them 20 years in fucking court. Well, yeah. I mean, you still would have, you still would have the, the, the criminal lawsuit. You still would have the civil lawsuits. Yeah. But how, how, yeah. You know, I, when you have your own internal legal team, yeah, I don't know how that works. I'm sure you just, I mean, you pay the people's salaries. Yeah. So, when you when you when you say jump, but they say how high. But that's also that keeps them busy. That keeps those guys working, and I'm sure they got bonuses and stuff for oh, keeping and yeah. stuff like that. So they had to do when you when you shrink it from five to two and a half. Yeah, I'm sure the incentives oh, these guys got a were getting bonus, man. Yeah, I'm sure their incentives were fucking insane. Yeah, but but, but no, yeah, no. If they did the right thing from day one, how well? First of all, just like how how much people's lives would have been better. Yeah. You know, the people that you were like, hey, if your business goes under, we will take care of you. If they actually did that. Yeah. You know, how dude, how many families would be together still? Yeah. How many dudes wouldn't be fucking drunkards? How many dudes would be still be alive? Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, and then how much money they would have probably ended up saving. I yeah. mean, and especially back, you know, $5 billion then versus... Oh, that's- Let's see what, yeah. Well, no, I want to know. Dude, it's a pain in the ass to do those calculations. No, no. Oh, but I'm very good with cal- oh, yeah. calculation. Five billion <laughs> uh-huh. in 1992. Yeah. In today's money, nine. Nine, nine billion. billion. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there you go. That's well, the uh, Exxon Valdez uncut in the real. In the real skis. Yeah, I got to I gotta, I gotta really thank, though, um, a podcast called American Scandal Ooh. for that one. They actually do. They do like it's really good. Yeah. They do one on like Bill Clinton. They did one on Iran Contra. They did one. Do they do one? I'd on like to listen to the Iran Contra one. That'd be cool. Interesting. Yeah. Well, because they go into all these people's like they reenact like conversations and things that <laughs> would have cool. happened, but it's like, but it's not cheesy at all. Oh, that's good. But because it, it's like the one thing. Sorry, moving shit around. So like the one. The the guy that gets the call in the middle of the night, who's like the head of the cleanup company uh-huh. for Exxon, and he's like he's like oh fuck it I'll do I'll deal with it in the morning kind of shit like and they just like go through all these these like little nuanced uh, that's awesome. like little things mm-hmm. 
like the dude, um, the Joe Hazelwood that 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 was the the captain of the boat. Mm-hmm. Dude, like a couple days after, they're they're like Exxon's like hiding him from the press and everybody. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, and dude, he changes the color of his hair, jumps on a fucking flight, and leaves Alaska. Flies the flies to the mainland. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Because he he, dude, he got picked up for like fugitive or uh, felony negligence and stuff. Got knocked all down. He paid like five, 50 grand one month of pro- or one year of probation. No shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy moly, that's dirty. Yeah. But uh. even then, like they go so in in that in American Scandal, they go into his whole life, and he was this dude like this badass, hard charging fucking like seaman that was just like raised on the sea, loved the sea became the youngest captain in Exxon's fleet, but they went into how shitty Exxon management was mm-hmm. where they were like, he basically saved their, like one of their, their ships that was going to go down into like into the storm, turned it around everything. And he got reprimanded for the shipment not being there when like they, everyone was like, no, it would have, we would have sunk. Yeah. And they were like, but you didn't, you didn't <clears throat> the boat wasn't there when you said it was going to be there. So uh, we've lost money. And so he just like they basically said like that he drank because he loved the sea but hated his fucking job. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, poor guy. It's like Exxon turned him into what the, the like they created him. That's cool. Yeah, I like when people create monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah you asked if me if my story was dark today. <laughs> yeah, that was a little dark. A little dark. A little dark. Yeah. Mine's a a mixture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mixture. Kind of light and dark. Yeah, like gray. Gray-ish. Grayish. Like my couch. Mm-hmm. My nice couch here. It's uh, fucking green, bro. Is it green? It's green. You have a green couch. Nah, it's not fucking green. It's like the color of your fucking shirt, bro. It's green. Nah, that's super green. Super green. <laughs> super green. <laughs> nah, it's not green. I think it's gray. I don't know if you're messing with me right now or not. Nah, dude. This is, it's gray. I bought a gray couch. Better not give me a green couch. Dude, that's green. That color is green. No. Yes. It's like a like not a, like a, not a olive. No. No. It's not, no, he- no. It's not heavily saturated no, in no, color, no. but it is. No, no, olive. no, 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 uh-huh. no, 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 Because. See, that's black. And that's yeah. green. No. Mm-hmm. That's gray. That's gray. Put your I think it's, put the gray sock up to that. Do you <laughs> see that there's a difference in Wait, the hue? It's, it's a difference <laughs> of <laughs> <The> gray. <hue. laughs> it's a difference <laughs> of gray, Mike. Okay. Uh, All right. These people did not tune in to listen to the color of your goddamn couch. You didn't say that. Whore liar, whore liar. They tuned in to listen to me eat uh, jalapeno peanut M&Ms. Let me get one of those. So this is one of three internationally inspired flavors. See, he's wearing a little sombrero, Mm. which not sure how I feel about. See, it just just tastes like a peanut M&M. That's a fucking peanut M M&M, and M, but then just like wait for it, wait for it, like a little hint, yeah, yeah, of some heat, yeah. But then you get that real like fake jalapeno flavor. It tastes kind of like dirt. I get a fake jalapeno flavor. I feel kind of gypped. You should. Nah, yeah, I got a, I, a little heat. Yeah, yeah, just a little heat. Yeah, a little punch in the mouth. I'd, I'd guarantee fucking tea. There's no. <laughs> There's there's no jalapenos in here. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Ooh, partially produced with genetic engineering. Oh, that I like genetic enge- genetically oh. engineered M and M's. Yeah, partially, C-C-C? not complete. Mm. 
Man. Imagine if they could just grow these right out of the ground. I do believe they come off a tree. Wouldn't that be fantastic. Is that where M&M's come from? Trees? Yeah. M&M tree? <laughs> yeah. Genetic I've engineering. I've seen them fucking like Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Mike. Lay it on me. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Battle of Baton? Eton? No, I'm not. It's B-A-T-A-A-N. Batan. I'm going to call it Batan because that sounds cooler. Is that in China? It is not in China. It's in the Philippines. China. 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 In the Philippines? <laughs> in China. I was thinking about Botan. Botan. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it's Batan. A, Batan. Yeah, okay. it's a, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Yeah, it's the Batan or Batan uh, Peninsula. You don't have to do that every time. And like, uh, I, I wasn't <laughs> planning on it because I feel like an asshole when I say it. <laughs> uh, it's kind of near like uh, near Manila Bay on Luzon Island in the oh, Philippines. Cool. That's because I, I do. I I know you're really familiar with the Philippine Islands, there, Mike. I do. My 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 knowledge of Filipino geography will blow your mind. Already blown. <laughs> <laughs> so go on. Okay, yeah, so the Battle of Bataan, it was uh mm-hmm. it was Filipino forces mm-hmm. along with American forces fighting the Japanese. Okay. Uh they the Japanese invaded that peninsula mm-hmm. shortly after they bombed uh Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um and it actually ended up being like it <clears throat> it was a three month battle and the American Filipinos actually ended up fighting back the Japanese mm-hmm. and then like right towards the end of the battle, uh, the Japanese just came in and kicked ass and they ended up taking a bunch of prisoners. I don't like that yeah. It was a, it was like 120 U S and Filipino troops versus 75,000 Japanese. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and a shit ton of people died. Uh, so we, they, between the U S and the Philippines, uh, 106,000. Jeez. Yeah. Ca- like overall casualties. So it was like 10,000. Uh, 10,000 got killed. Uh, 20,000 wounded. And 76,000 were imprisoned. Jesus. Yeah. Wait, yeah. by the Japanese on this. So they like, they, they took over the island. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and. Oh, wait, hold on. How. Huh. Never mind. Come on. No, no, we're going to ask. How do you have that many. If the if the jet, how many Americans and Filipinos were there? Uh, one hundred twenty thousand. Thou oh thousand. Yes, okay, one hundred twenty thousand. Okay, ten thousand killed, twenty thousand wounded, seventy six thousand in prison. Gotcha. And the Japanese only lost thirty one hundred. Uh, those aren't good numbers. Those are not good numbers uh-huh. in the least bit. I don't like that at all. Uh, it's actually, <clears throat> and when the battle was over, mm-hmm. um, they pretty much yeah they had. Yeah, what was it? Uh, Seventy six thousand uh, imprisoned, and that's actually the m- and they actually surrendered. Okay, and they I was gonna say that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, oh. and they actually, um, it was the largest amount of like a surrendering force in the United States history since the Civil War. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's a hell of a lot of. That's troops. a hell of a lot of people. Yeah, yep. after this. After the battle and after they had all these prisoners, um, the they had what was called the Bataan Death March, and so they like moved. Yeah, no, they moved these people mm-hmm. uh, 
60 miles. Ah, real trail of tears like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they were like loaded on trains or forced to walk. Mm. And of course, the entire time they were getting beaten Mm -hmm. and forced to do manual labor. Um, And it was just like a horrific, horrific uh, ordeal. Uh, And they ended up, what is it? There was the the numbers on this aren't aren't terribly good for how many people died. Yeah. That's anywhere from 5,000 to 18,000 Filipinos died. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anywhere from 500 to 560 Americans died. Mm hmm. Um, just, yeah, just a horrible, horrible thing. I think they ended up getting there and then they ended up turning them over shortly after. And so actually kind of a interesting fact about this, mm-hmm. um, the, the death march, mm-hmm. um, actually brought up the Japanese was the cause of the Japanese to be brought up on war crimes. Really? Once, yeah. Once you take a prisoner, you know, they're, you're not supposed to like fucking yeah. torture them and kill them and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was actually after the war, um, they were charged with war crimes. Good. And everything went on trial. Um, yeah, because they, they moved them down. Um, yeah, the 60 miles. And then eventually ended up turning them all over. But, you know, they were all in horrific, horrific conditions. Everybody's sick and beaten up and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the shitty part about my story. Is mm. this the baton? Jeez, yeah, I'm looking at the, at the route. Yeah, Jesus, that's fucking that's shitty. a long-ass way. Yep. Um, so... Cool so cool side of this uh that horrible thing is that there was a US soldier, army guy, mm-hmm. named Mario Mazzanelli. Mm-hmm. Kind of a badass dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he finds himself in the middle of this march after fighting in the Philippines. And uh the poor guy. The one thing, the one valuable item that he has that's like giving him hope and that, you know, the only thing that he has positive in his life is that he had a ring mm-hmm. um, that he got from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It was his class ring from Notre Dame. He was a, he was a star football player mm. for Notre Dame. Uh, and actually in 1937 had this badass game, had a, uh, a 70, a 70 yard run, and then ended up scoring the touchdown after doing a 70-yard run. Mm-hmm. Great, great player. <clears throat> was playing his Notre Dame versus USC. And, uh, and so, you know, the yeah, highlight of his life, and I was in the war, and that only thing giving him hope is this ring. Mm-hmm. And as, as the march is going along, uh, this Japanese soldier, like, sees the ring mm-hmm. and is like, give it to me, blah, blah, starts beating him up. And he's like, no, I'm not, no, this is mine. I'm not taking it. You know, I'm not giving it to you. And one of the other guys is like, dude, give it to him. Ditch it. It's not worth getting beat up and being tortured for this. So he finally hands it over to this Japanese soldier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's like, all up's lost, man. Like, mm-hmm. That was my, my one thing keeping me going. And, uh, like a couple minutes later, this unnamed Japanese officer comes by. And was like, are you Mots? And he goes, well, and like perfect English. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. And he goes, you played at Notre Dame, didn't you? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, you had that 70 yard run and then scored the touchdown after that, didn't what? you? And he goes like, like, yeah. And he like looks around and he goes, I was at that game. I went to USC. 
graduated from USC. So I was at that game. I saw that. I remember that play because that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen in my life. Gives him his ring back. What? And says, hey, make sure nobody finds this because they'll they'll kill you. Like they know you mm-hmm. got it. They got taken from you. If they find you with it, they will kill you. Put it in somewhere safe. No shit. First thing that popped in my head was like, so he shoved it Go in, watch. in his ass. <laughs> he eventually died of dysentery. <laughs> but no, he, like he threw it in like a soap dish or something that they didn't look in. Holy and, shit. Uh, yeah. And like after that, like he, he said that, that was the, that was the thing that kept him going was knowing that he had to go home with that ring. And so. Damn. And, and then he never got the, uh, the Japanese officer's name. Never nothing. Never heard from him again. Mm-mm. But went back to America uh, after that with the ring. That is crazy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, three years. What? Three years. Is how long. He it was took a, him to get home. He was a prisoner of war. Holy shit. Yep. He kept. What? He kept that ring in his ass <laughs> for three years. And once he died, I took to watch. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah no. So yeah, three years before they were rescued, he was shit. able to, he was able to keep that ring hidden. And yeah, like just imagine, imagine being in that situation. You know, after losing and becoming a prisoner of war. Yeah, meeting some Japanese soldier. I think it said he went to USC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to USC prior 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 to the war. And obviously as soon as the war he went he went back to Japan. Yeah. Holy it was there yeah, like there in the in the crowd watching this dude do this amazing just athletic feat. And then it ended up it probably ended up saving his life. Yeah. That's fucking well, yeah, another yeah, hope. Hope is is powerful, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, cause dude, imagine three years in a Japanese fucking prisoner of war camp. Yeah, yeah, like they they, they uh, there was one of the articles I was reading uh, goes into depth about the way that these people were treated. Oh yeah, no, like, yeah, one, like well, the I Japanese was going through pictures. Yeah, they didn't fuck around, man. Like yeah, these these dudes are they're like skeletons. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like uh, kind of like the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, very very oh, similar yeah. to those photos. Yeah, no, it's. It's very, very unpleasant to look at. Yeah. But, yeah, you get that hope, man. Keeps you alive. Yeah, good. Yeah, just to, like, I figured I'd try to maybe lighten it up after your horribly depressing story. Mine was super short, though, but I thought that was a fucking super cool story. Yeah. No, definitely. That's And that's something like, when would you ever hear that story? No, never. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Yeah. I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Yeah. I, you know, I, I clocked in about a good two minutes right there. I'm pretty proud of that. Dude, I I, I was, uh, no, you're like 20 minutes. Oh, bullshit. No, because I think I ended up like 35, and we're at uh, 55 right now. So, cool. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, is that going to do it for this week? I think it is. Cool. Well, cool. Appreciate listening to us, guys. Um, if you'd rate, review, subscribe. And I want to thank the Junkyard Storytellers for our intro music. And uh, we will see you shortly. All right. Bye. Bye.